So still committed to not bandwagoning, but sort of, I think I'm back on in a little bit. Yeah, me too. It's more so, it's kind of like the enemy of my enemy is my friend, or I forget what the expression is that Aristotle once said, or it might have been, I don't know, Regis Philbin, I don't know. But you kind of have to, even though the there are only two to three recognizable players since I last paid attention to the Giants uh, intently, if they're playing the Dodgers, the soulless, um, buy talent over, develop a team with heart, Los Angeles Dodgers. You kind of you kind of have to readopt the Giants as your your whole family. <laughs> well, that's that's sort of how I justify being a Giants fan at all. Is that I hmm. I grew up an Angels fan, which meant that no. I very much disliked the Dodgers. So. Well, that was a byproduct of you being a big fan of the Southern California Edison Corporation. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with that, and again, I understand that every the. I don't know why it feels this way, but the Dodgers feel like, like I kind of just said, where they they just want to buy talent. And I understand that the Giants roster and payroll has always been extremely high as well, and they do the same thing. But it's kind of like how you spin the narrative. And the Dodgers just aren't really good at doing that. They just they just buy players, and they're kind of like a, a like a um a cheap West Coast Yankees knockoff. But they're not as good at it. And even though the Yankees aren't good anymore, um. I feel like they aspire to be the, because um, like the late '90s, early 2000s Yankees were kind of like the Showtime Lakers, sort of, right? Yeah, like I they, guess they, that's they, not they, the worst were... analogy. Thanks, bud. You're welcome. <laughs> Harsh. Um, like they, they, like they couldn't, like they couldn't try and not win. Um, like when they had the the Mike Pizza guy. That's a funny joke because Piazza was always a very difficult thing to say in the. Um, well, actually, Piazza played for the Yankees, and actually, didn't he end up in the Dodgers, too? He played for the Mets. I don't know if he ever no, ended up Mike... on the Yankees. Uh, Mike Piazza. Do, do, do. He played for the Dodgers, too, though. Oh, okay, yeah. He played for the Mets, and then he was on the Dodgers. I don't know why it's so soon with the Yankees, but he was one of those names in, in the, around the turn of the century or the turn of the millennium that was that stuck out. But right. anyway... uh. On board with the Dodgers, or God, no. I'm sorry, on board with the Giants, and uh, hopefully we have a quick turnaround on this episode. But yeah, we got a, we got a big game happening tomorrow night. We um, do, yeah, as we're recording, game five is tomorrow night. Yeah. But yeah, and also I don't, I don't remember, I probably would have known this in my more ardent um, Giants fan days, but I did not remember that Brandon Crawford was a local boy, that he's from uh, good old Mountain View. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I read something very upsetting. Maybe we talked about this <laughs> offline. Offline. Yeah. I think I guess we did this week. Um, that apparently, like Buster Posey potentially retiring at the end of the year is a thing. Um, and I, I, I was not, I was not aware of that. And that's 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 sad if that happens. Eh. I mean, like he's been like he's been with the Giants since two thousand nine, right? Like he, it's time passes. Times times a real sob. Like time passes by real fast. Um, where I don't know, he's he's had a good decade, and again, like I mean, he's like he didn't he take that COVID year where like they they had adopted a kid or they just had a kid, and he was like, nah, I'm I'm out. Like, yeah, he, they they him and his wife had adopted twins, and yeah, he opted out of the season last year. Yeah. Like oh like Buster's Buster's a good dude and he's he he's got three rings and he's he's put in his work and I I want him to hopefully this season he can leave on a high note but even if they don't win um and things go south he's still like he's had a very very good career so he has it'll just be be sad to see him go because he's he's oh, always yeah. been always been my favorite player yeah. on the team so uh five dollars if you can give me without googling it his real name. Oh, is it not Buster? I don't think anybody in this planet has Buster on their birth certificate. Oh, I I bet there are some. Uh, I, I have no idea. Gerald Dempsey Posey. Gerald, okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> All I could think of is damn it, Jerry, like uh, from Parks and Rec, but... <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, 
anyway like so yeah it's gonna be an exciting game to watch and yeah again uh everybody can kind of uh cross their fingers and you know hope the again dodgers it's a bad baseball town la is not a not a great city and uh we hope for the best uh one thing we've been kicking down the road a couple of times because this came up on the show and i think we both had thoughts on it um i was gonna bring this up in terms of there's a couple of places in san francisco that seem to be um haunted or like doomed sites for restaurants and i had mentioned this in passing and then you seem to latch onto it very quickly like you also had a couple of theories or a couple of examples of this well i just i remember growing up where we did there were a couple of locations that you know seemed like they were a different restaurant every like six to eight months can you give me an so example that, of this without saying the city name and it's been a long time no i can't think of any specific examples or exactly where they were but I, I i do just remember thinking even as a kid like man that you know that location just you know <laughs> can't can't quite make it hmm. so i'll give you one example in particular so um are you familiar with 399 grove street or are you familiar with Hayes Valley? Uh, only, only where all the um, the direct to consumer online stores are. Mm. Online stores that have physical stores now. So, have you ever been to Absinthe? Yes, mm-hmm. it's very Couple good, times. right? Or general? Uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 fine. Yeah. <laughs> i'm a fan uh it's been it's been it's been a couple years since i've been but that whole restaurant group owns a couple of different spots and around the corner um adjacent from the performing arts garage um at uh 399 grove street that same restaurant group has had to um reinvent that space multiple times so one of the first ones i remember it being was uh, well, actually, I forgot what it was before, but it was called Boxing Room, which was a Cajun and Creole um, kind of New uh, New Orleans style restaurant. Yeah, and we I I've been there. Maybe we've been together. Maybe. Mark? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I liked it. Um, it's it's yeah. a, it's a really good location, but it it didn't work out. Um, and then they made it a um, uh, a restaurant called uh, B A R C I N O. I don't know, Barcino. Uh, it's like a Spanish style tapas bar, which is also closed. And I don't know what I think it's becoming a third. Yeah, it's called it's now called Acna, which is a Mayan Yucateca pop up. And uh, I remember uh, uh, how do you spell that? A K N A S F dot com. And I hit escape and it looks like it's not a Squarespace site. So that's it's neither for nor against, but. Um, like, I don't know, it's a nice open airy space, but it seems to be cursed. And I remember, I don't know if this was in the boxing room days or the bar casino days, but do you remember there was a, there was a San Francisco or a Bay Area startup, and I forget what it was called, but their premise was that they would, um, like restaurants during the day would become like co-working spaces. Do you remember this? No, it was actually kind of an interesting concept where like basically like yeah like well like i mean obviously if, if your restaurant like now on the weekends is only open for meal service like 5 30 to like 9 30 because everything in the bay area closes at nine o'clock um yeah like it was like hey let's see it's like it's a co-working space and i thought that was kind of oh wait hold on was it uh i'm yeah it was i think it was called spacious and it was probably one of those fucking websites where it was like .us. But um, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. But yeah, but apparently this that that this one address is super cursed. And I feel like that there's kind of a few of these. Like there's a, a couple spots in the dog patch and in the mission where, yeah, restaurants just don't seem to ever make it. And you're just, yeah, I don't know. I really like that spot. And I'm, I'm bummed that they haven't made it work because, you know, Absinthe is good. They've got a good... Uh, was it uh, like chicken au jus or whatever? Like they've got, they got a, they got a ton of good stuff, and that's where I got introduced to the concept of a French seventy-five. This is like totally not any sort of original observation, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of research done on this, but 
I, I do find it really interesting to look at restaurants and like they, they really do seem to fall into one of two categories, like restaurants that fail quickly and then restaurants that sort of just are around forever. Like it's, hmm. it's, it's sort of rare where a restaurant's around for like five years or something, unless, you know, the owner decides to retire or there's some kind of extraneous circumstance. But by and large, it feels like, you know, you make it out of that first like year or two and then, you know, you're sort of open for, you know, almost as long as you, as you want to be. And I, I think it's, it's really interesting to like figure out, you know, sort of like what, what allows restaurants to make it past that first, you know, year or two. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 probably true because there's that there's that BS statistic of like what like eight out of every ten restaurants fails and ten out of ten people don't know how to reduce fractions. But like it's like a lot of a lot of them fail. Like I feel like in cities it's easier to paper over it because I don't know. Like San Francisco probably has like oh five hundred restaurants. Like it's got it's got a lot. Like where you kind of just unless you're focusing on a particular neighborhood, you don't always. Um, notice but yeah that's what this 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 very one specific address just because like if you're if you're in Hayes Valley and you're going to um like a talk or a performance or like the symphony or whatever like you kind of always see it so it's kind of like um it's very obvious did the because the grove also closed in Hayes Valley I, don't, I forget if it was all locations or just that one no they they still have at least one or two locations but that particular spot did close yeah yeah i actually just drove by a location i forget where that was but it was it was a different kind of setup than i had ever seen from a grove where there there were actually sort of like almost two locations side by side one that was like traditionally like what you would think of as like a regular kind of like you know sit down you know type grove location and then right next door they had like I think it was just literally called like Grove to Go, and it was you know mm-hmm. a smaller version of their menu that was just you know, or I, I assume it was a smaller version of their menu, and it was just for you know like takeout. Yeah, it's, that seems to be more common. Like, um, I don't know when the last time you were you you was at. Wow, uh, you were at Homeroom, where Homeroom has their um like mainstay location at Fortieth uh, and Webster in Oakland, but also like um a block and a half away they have Homeroom to Go, which is where their um location is centered for all their um doordash and seamless and all those orders and also people do just want to order stuff to go and i think in the marina doesn't blue barn have kind of a weird setup where they've got um like almost two identical locations within like three blocks of each other they did for some amount of time but not anymore no they rectified that they just yeah they just have the um the the bigger space that they moved into a while back hmm they used to be a um, Barney's Burgers. Do you ever go there? Uh, a decade ago, and I never really li- liked it. Oh, I, I I really like that place. Yeah, I feel like their fries were underwhelming, and again, that's that's ninety percent of a burger experience is not eating the burger <laughs> and eating the fries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like there's a couple others of those, and if I remember the addresses, I will tell people about the haunted restaurant space of san francisco that'll be a series on here there actually is another one that um i don't know how much familiarity you're gonna have but um where i used to live in the city in the marina there was a spot on i think it's um fillmore and lombard it's definitely on lombard and i think fillmore is the cross street where it it was a kfc was it just KFC or was it like KFC Taco Bell? Well, no, it, it, was, it was every uh, KFC in the Bay Area is a um, uh, a duality um, Yum Brands outlet. So yeah, so yeah. that one was, and I think it's like a it's probably like a Pokeball place now or something. Probably. Well, I think it was, but now I think it's something else. And they're actually it, it it's on its like I think at least second or third thing since that. Um, kfc taco bell went out of business and that wasn't like all that long ago so it's 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 rotated you know quite a bit in recent years so that also seems like a spot that just you know has trouble sticking yeah that that brings up like uh i I haven't listened to in a very long time but there was an episode of you look nice today where um merlin was talking about one of those combo kfc taco bells in his neighborhood and uh scott simpson 
thoughtfully referred to that that, that should just be called hell which is probably probably <laughs> true look at a street view and I, I was trying to look up that location you're talking about man there's a lot of aggressive street parking going on anyway yeah yeah lombard lombard's not really a street you you want to park your car on if you can avoid it oh you betcha and sometimes you'll get those people who want to turn left even though they ignore the time of day restrictions right uh, all right uh we're, we're gonna move and groove this episode because we're gonna we're gonna keep it tight so uh a month ago the ruling came out of the northern district of california based off the epic apple trial where uh, if you if you read the apple press release they won everything but um most other slightly more impartial observers would have said that they won most things but one of the big um takeaways or, or or negatives against apple was that they were going to have to they were deemed not a monopoly but they would have to i actually forget were they required to allow alternate payment methods right yeah yeah and apple again who proclaimed that they won everything is seeking an appeal um for the stuff that they allegedly didn't win um to delay um this was it a 90-day injunction? I, I don't know the legal system. I forget, I forget the terminology. But basically, they had like 90 days to um, before going to effect where they were unable to continue to block um, alternate payment methods. And Apple is um, uh, appealing that decision and hopefully um, looking to tie that up in the courts for a very long time. I hope, I hope, I hope it's summarily rejected, but um, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, it, it's, you know, a lot of people sort of were, you know, quick to point this out that, you know, when the original original ruling came out that there was going to be a series of appeals and that nothing was going to happen quickly here. And so this this is sort of the first official step. Yeah, <laughs> I did like Have you listened to Upgrade this week? I have. Yeah, I did like where Mike had like this weird realization in the middle of the episode where it's like yeah it, there's like um there's no reason apple should be doing this and i don't know why that struck me as like has that changed in the past four years like how how is this new news but anyway um so yeah so that's interesting um and then i do we have more follow-up here or did we just not talk about what you ordered um well we we talked last week, I guess, about what I was going to order, mm-hmm. and I and I ordered exactly what I said I was going to. So that that's not what I wanted to do. Some more Apple Watch Series Seven follow up on it was more a couple of points that were raised actually also during this week's upgrade. Um, two things that I did not know about Series Seven. So the the first is that with the Apple Watch Edition which is what Apple refers to the titanium watches as. Do um, they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the on the page right now. I actually, I didn't know that until I, you know, went to, you know, pre-order mine on Friday. And I was like, oh, yeah, they do refer to those as the edition now. Uh... So it's, it's gone from the, <laughs> gone from the, you know, gold, um, Apple Watch and Series One, and then I think they've also used the addition branding for the uh, ceramic finish that they did, as with the whatever that was, Series Four, and then yeah, now it's now it's for the titanium. Oh, I don't like that at all. Hmm, <laughs> that's that's sketchy. Okay, anyway, um, but anyway, um, something that Jason brought up that I had absolutely no idea, um, when I you know, was the case when I pre-ordered mine. And even when I went to go look it up now to prepare for this, I, I had trouble finding where this was even stated. But so with with the titanium watches, you know, just like all the other watches, you you know, you have to pick a band to, you know, go with it. You can't just buy the watch on its own. But no matter which band you pick, in addition to that, there is a color matched sport band in the box as well so you get two bands and i i had <laughs> i had no idea that there was this this sport band 
also um, included. For $900, you damn well better. I mean, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. can I, is, uh, sorry, was that, was that it for that particular observation? For for that one, yeah. Sorry, got one quick. more thing on the Apple Watch after that. To to, to do some ad hoc follow out for upgrade. So Mike, uh, Michael, um, <laughs> uh, the other one, uh, uh, Jason mentioned that he's getting the titanium edition this time. I really, I don't know why I find this so funny that because Apple basically made it so that the the cheap one doesn't have any good colors, everybody all of a sudden is cool with spending four hundred dollars extra just to get gray. I don't know why I find that so funny. Well, so actually that's a, so the, I, I agree. That is sort of a, a crazy part about the series seven well, color it, lineup. It, it, I, I'm only resentful just because everybody used to always give me crap for being the, the weirdo that would spend an extra like 250 or 300 on the stainless steel one. And now everybody's like, oh, titanium, let's do it. Well, so I, I've got something else for you. Speaking of, um, Apple watch colors being locked behind, um, <laughs> more expensive versions, um you've you've been a long time space black stainless steel uh watch buyer mm-hmm. right and i had thought that they basically discontinued that version <laughs> of the stainless steel version yeah. in favor of replacing it with i think what they call graphite now which is kind of more of like a gray stainless steel finish yeah and now i can buy and, a, i can buy a hermes watch if i want that one it, yeah Fuck so i that. i i didn't and apple, i mean apple totally did not make this clear at all during the announcement and i i don't think this was really something that people became aware of until pre-orders went up but yeah the the hermes lineup has a space black stainless steel version um which yeah. is just chef's kiss to that and it's thirteen hundred and fifty nine dollars fifty nine dollars that's that's tough i have not ordered anything i'm waiting to eventually see if the graphite steel looks appealing or not this is some hot garbage but eventually i'll have a a a decent laptop and i'll and i'll forget all about this <laughs> so sorry before we get into that part do you have anything else with the watch uh no not not particularly um Actually, can you remind me what what band you ordered so i well actually there's kind of a, a bit of a not funny story but um wrinkle to that i guess um so I ordered the um, the Space Black Titanium watch with one of the, what they call, uh, I think, Leather Link bands. And because I, I, have, I have one of those, like a, like a brown one, and I really, really like it. And so I wanted to get um, just like a black one to go with this, this Space Black Titanium watch. And I, I pre-ordered it like right when I woke up on Friday morning and <laughs> clearly wasn't fully awake. And was like flipping through the different color options and didn't, didn't see just black. I saw midnight and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, well, you know, they must have done what they did with like the aluminum watch and sort of like scrap just like regular black on this band in favor of midnight. So I thought, oh, that's you know, fine, whatever. But then I later found in the later in the day that I could have actually configured it with just a like regular black leather link band. Um, so I I guess I'll see what this the midnight color looks like in person before deciding if I want to swap it out for just a you know regular black version. So kind of TBD I guess on the on the band that I'll end up with. I think I'm also going to, you know, pull a Jason Snell and I think on Friday, see if, um, any of the titanium watches are just available for, for pickup at our local Apple store. Cause my, my pre-order that I put in last week, isn't going to be here until like sometime in November. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I promise I was paying 100% attention to that. Um, the cheapest, Herme, uh sorry, Hermes, uh Series 7 Space Black Apple Watch you can get is $1,279. Yeah, that's the, that's tough. the gall. Uh tough. Yeah, the the I mean this this is not this is also not an original thought, but I mean the the colors, especially on the watch and to I guess a lesser degree the phones this year too, are just like a 
like trashy. a total mess. Yeah, they're the they're... worst because uh, uh, my biggest complaint here is again as a space black stainless steel guy for the past like four years, the space black titanium is fucking gray. Like it, it's it's not black at all. So that's 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 not cool. Well, it, it, it may be because mm. the the in person pictures of the space black series six titanium watch is much much darker than what their website makes it look like and i i haven't seen anywhere anybody say that the space black titanium finish is any different this year compared to what it was last year so if that's the case then i think it's much much darker in person because on the website it looks space black titanium looks like space gray like 1000 percent. like if they had not told you it was a materials difference you would think that is the the entry-level watch mm. yeah but if you if if you look at any sort of like youtube videos or pictures of it in person it's much darker at least series six was and again i haven't seen anything about the series seven color being any different so i'll I'll let you know, or you, you, I don't know, you might find out before me. Yeah, but, I'll see. Yeah. Um, all right, let's just keep it going with the Apple stuff. So in terms of new business, um, this Monday, in an unprecedented uh, Monday event, Apple's usually um, all about Tuesdays. They usually phone it in on Mondays. Um, they are having an event that are, they are dubbing uh, Unleashed, which... Um, they do these new things where who, who's who's the new Phil Schiller that I don't like that much? Uh, is it Jaws? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, he, I don't think he he really gets to be the the new Schiller yet. But um, he they whenever there's a new event, they always he always tweets out like a like it's there's nothing in it, but it's just like a thirty like like a ten second animated video or something on Twitter. Um. But sorry, I'm trying to open up TechMeme to get the thing. So yeah, so they're they're uh, on uh, Monday the 18th. Next Monday they are going to have um, yeah. So Greg Joswiak tweeted, "Unleashed." These next six days are going to speed by, and there's just like the Apple logo animated in kind of like a Star Warsy galactic hyper speed uh, spacey stuff. Anyway. But what's what's rumored to be coming is the 14 and 16 inch, um, the true refresh of the MacBook Pros with Apple um, ARM-based processors. And even though I really don't like the company the, uh, recently, I do I do need a laptop that doesn't suck. So um, yeah, <laughs> the you have a fifth uh, uh, a 13 a. 15 or a 16 inch lap a macbook pro 15 yeah so before the like because they did they did do a refresh in like 2019 so you have the one right before that correct yeah the the 13 inch macbook pro has an absolutely terrible screen um not just for photo editing which it is very bad where all colors look horribly desaturated and it doesn't get bright, and it's just not a good screen. But yeah, the 13 inch Mac Pro is not a good, not a good computer. Um, I'm I'm excited that there's going to be something different because when the original M1 came out, um, it was basically just shoehorning in that newer processor in the existing chassis of the MacBook Air, which finally got some love after the whole butterfly keyboard debacle, debacle and then the the 13 inch MacBook Pro, but. We talked about at length last week what we think that might be, and people can go re-listen to that. But anyway, there's an event coming up, and hopefully it will be a good computer. Um, and yeah. I'm I'm really, I'm optimistic they will be. I, I think the M1X or M2 or whatever they end up branding it as, I think is going to be really impressive and check a lot of the kind of more pro oriented boxes that you know the m1 didn't what's, I what's think a pro oriented feature more ram um more more ports like there i mean there's been rumors now for 
like the last year that this, you know, refresh of the pros is going to bring back, you know, like an SD card slot and maybe like a mini HDMI port. So I, I think that that stuff will be really good. It sounds like the touch bar will be gone. Um, oh, maybe some some new colors. Like I just I, I think overall these are going to be really really cool laptops. And I, I my guess is that people will generally leave this virtual event um, feeling optimistic about you know, these computers kind of in the same way that people felt really good about the, the M one stuff that came out last year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm cautiously hopeful, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not in a market for, not in the market for a laptop, but I am desperately in the market for new AirPods because, you know, I use my AirPods anywhere from like three to eight hours a day and they only last now for about 75 to 90 minute chunks before i have to recharge them and so i'm i I really hope that the rumors that we're also going to get kind of the refreshed non-pro version of the airpods is true that that will be a that'll be an instant instant buy for me still white or colors Hmm. I haven't seen any rumors about colors, but that would be that'd be really cool if they finally did that. Some green non-pro AirPods. Uh, you you just call it a year. <laughs> um. Anything else in the event that you think or no? Laptops. Well, I mean, when they For- is, is 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 Monterey out? No, but I, I could see I could see that then being the Bundle, you know yeah. and, and hey Monterey's out in a week or whatever. Um, you know, there's been rumors that they're going to do you know a higher end Mac Mini config with whatever this M1X M2 processor is. So you know maybe that maybe that rolls out as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's I think that's probably that's probably it. I could see this being like a you know like a 45 to kind of 50 minute sort of event similar to what they did with the um with the i think guess it was the ipad apple watch event last year there's a little bit on the shorter side um i think i think that's exactly what we'll get Hmm. all right cautiously optimistic yeah Um, i think i think this will be this will be a good one i think these new laptops will be will be pretty sweet All right. Um, hmm. What else? Hmm. Okay. Can we circle back to baseball for a second? Sure. Yeah. All right. Have you? you, we, have we you went, been, a, went around the bases, if you will. No, no. We were getting, we 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 tried to go to third, and um, we got caught looking, and um, they did a slap shot, and now we're back at first. Oh, and inside the park home run. Got it. Uh, think outside the bun. Yes. All right. Um, have you been watching the uh, the uh, the NLDS uh, exclusively on TBS, sponsored by Hyundai? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, I, hmm, I it feels very it feels gross that the pitching mound is now an ad unit. Hmm. Yeah. Did you notice that? Well, you know, it had been a little while since I watched baseball. And at first I thought that it was an ad just, you know, literally physically on the like, mound. Yeah, etched into the ground. But then you notice sometimes it's a little bit windy and the camera shakes a little bit. And then the um, the VFX doesn't match up right. Well, I mean, that and it, you, you know, change, changes from anything. <laughs> that oh, yeah. was also the, the giveaway. Yeah. Um, surprising, but also not surprising and well actually so yeah so, so that feels gross I, I strongly dislike it but also in terms of advertising in the in the mlb postseason so one literally never heard of what the hell good sam is have you ever heard of this no i have not 
apparently it's a subscription based because of course like RV parking service that is apparently able to spend enough money to be like the presenting sponsor of, of the MLB postseason. I've never heard of loan depot before. There's so many, maybe, maybe baseball's not doing as well as it. I, I, I would want to hope it is, but like these are not top tier sponsors. Um, uh, loan, loan depots, a that's a pretty big brand. Maybe, maybe it's just because, um, rocket mortgage sponsors like fucking everything where like quicken well wait is rocket mortgage quicken loans just rebranded correct yeah okay yeah i don't yeah i never heard of loan depot before but yeah whatever good sam is um and then there's also something called um ftx which is the exclusive official cryptocurrency exchange partner of the MLB. And those that logo is is it on the umpire? Thank you. Yes. Jerseys? So that's yeah. where that's where I was going with that. Which we are talking about how like I think one or two weeks ago where how long is it going to be before MLB starts trying to shoot do the because right now the NBA is doing like they're doing half measures as um uh, Michael Ermentrout would do or would say is where they're not doing quite the full soccer kit like big ass advertising on the jersey but they have it just up there in the corner but and we were we were talking about like is that going to happen in the MLB in in like an infinite time scale of 10 years or whatever John Syracuse says and but no I was noticing it um during game three where the the players don't have it and the umpire doesn't have it but the um like the sideline crew they do where they have whatever the fuck this ftx thing is on their uniforms i don't care for that at all well but that's interesting the home plate umpire doesn't have it but the other umpires do correct or as far as i can tell like i i have not seen that but the sideline like you uh what would you just say like the first base ump like not not the people yeah. who catch the balls if they're going foul or that they catch a hat if it falls on the field but yeah they they have whatever this crypto exchange is hmm. yeah yeah don't 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 love it um and also the the diversity or, or not diversity but like the the variety of ads um on the tbs broadcasts is uh there's not a lot of them so you see that really terrible ad for ftx that has uh the dude dressed as the moon which is not not a good ad at all <laughs> um yeah i don't know i mean maybe things will be different like maybe it's just that the tbs like basic cable broadcasts don't attract that much and once it gets to the at lcs and when the giants eventually win the world series they oh i might be getting ahead of myself they that's when the good ads or that's when the good uh brand partnerships will uh, excluding T-Mobile will will be uh, there, but right now it's yeah, you know, good Sam and some like uh, crypto pyramid scheme. So I've got kind of a tangential topic for sure. you. So the other broadcaster of these uh, postseason games has been, uh, I guess it's FS1, like Fox Sports. Uh huh. And they um, have a 4K broadcast, which is um, included as part of the the 4K uh, YouTube TV thing that I have. Mm -hmm. And so I've checked that out a little bit, and it it's really nice. It's it's really really nice. It's like you know it's 4K HDR, and yeah, I mean it's it's pretty sweet. It's kind of it's it's been kind of a a bummer sometimes, you know, watching like whatever games on that, and then flipping over to the the you know Giants broadcast on TBS and going like, oh yeah, this is not this is not 4K. It's like it's a it's a pretty noticeable difference between the two. Well, but I mean, if you but if you're watching the ALDS in 4K, I assume you get to see the Astros beating on those trash cans pretty well. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, I, that 
Yeah, that's cool. Can, again, another. Well, let's keep keep going down. Did and just add more layers to the the jalapeno popper. Um, the Fox Sports One. Have you noticed? Like the way the reason the reason I noticed this is that I had the um, Fox Sports app installed on my Apple TV, and I use I probably have like twenty five apps installed on my Apple TV, and I use three of them. I use HBO Max sometimes, Netflix, and the west elm fireplace app mm-hmm. which uh i don't know if i've made that a chef special before but oh yeah you you have it's, no, it's, it's great yeah it's the best. um they uh, apparently in the disney buying 20th century fox or like whatever all, all the media properties they got from news corp um they had to do like some forced divestiture of a lot of their regional sports networks so that's where I actually didn't know if Fox Sports 1 existed anymore because a lot of their RSNs and the uh, Fox Sports app are now brand, they're now owned by Sinclair Media, the weird conservative um, like regional broadcaster. And they mm. rebranded all of them with the Bally's brand name based off of the casinos they own, which is super gross, but also just doesn't seem like a good name. Which is one of the other things that makes me super anxious and concerned that MLB is going to go super hard at the legalized sports betting thing. Where during these TBS broadcasts, um, uh, DraftKings, I think, is the... Did they ever end up merging with the other one? Or did that get killed? Yeah, you know, I can't say I'm super plugged into that scene, so I, I couldn't tell you. I, th- I think that deal may have fallen apart, but I think, yeah, DraftKings, they they keep advertising um, and they'll say that it's like you'll have this ad where it's like, hey, you're welcome to join this legalized sports betting thing, but it's only valid in like 17 states. California isn't one of them, thankfully. But oh, that'll that'll change. Oh, well, once we have to go cocktails, you think sports betting is up next? Well, I mean, it. it I, I do. I mean, not because of the to-go cocktail mm-hmm. thing, but yeah, no. I think, I think sports gambling will become legal in California and most other states, and I think all the four major sports here in the U.S. are going to lean really, really hard into that um, over the over the coming years. We want to talk about this a lot, but do you, do you also feel that that's gross, or do you not have a strong preference there? Just with like sports betting in general, that and also how much the the leagues and TV are going to lean into that. Uh, that does that doesn't particularly bother me. No. Mm. Okay. Now, I, I mean, I, I'm generally of the opinion that sports gambling should just be legal. I'm not a big fan of that not being legal. Hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, but the, but the Bally's thing seems it like it, again doesn't seem like a, a a brand name that really rolls off the tongue, and uh, because it has such that strong. But again, this might be my puritanical views. It, that the the connection to the whole casino and sports betting thing seems um fairly lousy. But yeah, where uh, where does the where does the Bally's name show everywhere? Up? So like so if you go to something like I'm, I'm on the uh, baseball subreddit, and basically every rsn that's not that so there's i mean you have all like the nbc sports formerly comcast Sportsnet markets but i think it's like 20 baseball teams previously would have been a like it used to be called prime ticket then it was fox sports then it was fox uh, fs and then the city name and then now it's called just bally's sports and oh and the oh yeah it's it's huh. it's it's, it's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. Hmm. Um. Anyway, but yeah, I I thought that actually would mean that uh, FS1 and FS2 didn't exist anymore, and I would have been very nervous for all the people that have that tune in religiously to watch Skip and Shannon Undisputed, which is the uh, the pinnacle of sports broadcasting. <laughs> um. Right behind Stephen A. Smith saying terrible things. <sighs> all right. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, actually, this is something I don't have a lot to say about, but if you can put in the show notes, it's about the, so CNBC had a, a quick thing on Disney going all in on streaming to the point where they're actually getting into lawsuits over it, but where they're, they're putting movie, first run movies on it. They're putting tons of money into original content. They, but they, they don't seem to want to fully upset the apple cart by going all in with ESPN where the, the Disney uh, triple play of Disney plus Hulu plus and ESPN plus ESPN plus only has additive stuff where you get maybe college sports and maybe lesser sports leagues that they haven't shelled out all that money to put on the like $8 a month part of your cable plan. That is the, the ESPN family of cable channels. Um, but the fact that they, that is the one area of their business model they seem to be um absolutely unwilling to divest or um maybe go all the way forward on is pretty interesting and i and i guess my question is how long do you think that stays that way do you think that's a good move yeah just general assessment of the situation i mean that would be the huge sort of domino to fall in this whole shifts towards streaming services kind of taking over terrestrial TV because that's, I mean, we've talked a ton about this on this show and many others have talked about it a million other places too, where live sports are kind of like the, the main and arguably only thing that terrestrial TV still has going for it like if you're a sports fan and you want to have access to most you know games you got to have some type of you know tv package whether that's like the youtube tv thing that i have now or you know a, a cable subscription through your tv provider and you know if if espn were to ultimately make the decision to offer some type of you know, direct streaming service. I mean, that would be, that would be a huge, huge kind of change and really, um, take away that last big, you know, thing that, you know, regular cable TV's got going for it. And I would, I would have to think too, that the fee that ESPN gets paid by like the Comcasts of the world and other TV providers of the world like has to be one of the biggest maybe even the biggest right like of inter like well, when- yeah yeah in, in terms of carriage fees like it it literally depending on your on what's been already negotiated it's between eight and ten dollars a month of your cable bill where Food Network or whatever gets thirty cents per subscriber where ESPN is yeah. like on average like eight seventy. Yeah, so that you know, that that is that's going to take some time to unwind, I would I would imagine. But I but I think it will. I don't I don't know exactly what that timeline is, but it it's it I mean it just it seems it seems inevitable. So I guess my my follow-up question would then be is our customers prepared to pay what ESPN costs? Because if you think about it, let's say only this is a number pulled out of nowhere, but of traditional uh, video subscribers from various MSOs, if only 65% of them would, let's say it, it cable was entirely a la carte, would want ESPN, that cost is currently being subsidized by a lot of people who don't really care about it. And if ESPN plus currently costs i think 5.99 if you're not doing it as part of the disney plus triple play or trifecta or whatever it's called how what would happen if espn costs what it should cost like what if it became literally the cost of like is netflix like for the non-premium package isn't it like 14 dollars a month now i something like that yeah would people pay for espn if it was 15 dollars a month well, this this is what I'm I'm so fascinated by with this whole shift to streaming, and we've talked about this too. But like, I, I, we're going to get to this future state at some point here, where streaming really does become kind of the, the primary you know means that people watch TV, including sports and shows and movies and everything, right? 
but like it, it seems like there's going to there's going to come sort of this reckoning where people realize like wait this is more expensive like at least as much or maybe more expensive than what I was paying when I had regular cable and like the experience of having to like figure out which sporting event is in which app or which shows in which service like all of that's just kind of a mess so like i'm paying as much if not more for arguably like not as convenient of a service it, it's gonna it's gonna lead people to be like wait this was actually sort of like this thing that we thought we wanted is actually like a step backwards mm-hmm. and it's it's gonna be really interesting to me kind of like then like what happens um and thinking like really far ahead and getting more speculative what i what i'm really interested in as well which which ties into the point that you were just making about well wh- what is the number of people who subscribe to an ESPN over the top service is you know all of the the major sports here in the US are so heavily dependent on these just enormous TV contracts that they get and a scenario that I think is is possible is that you go through kind of one more round of renewals over the next like five to seven years, and those will still probably be pretty good because you're going to have all these streaming services, including like the Apples and Amazons of the world who are, you know, desperate to sort of like kickstart their streaming service and continue to grow their streaming service. And so you'll get a handful of groups who will overpay but then like the next round of renewals you know another five to seven years later if we're in this spot where people do realize yeah signing up for all these streaming services is really expensive and it's inconvenient so like i'm just not going to do it like then what happens like if there's if there's not enough people subscribing to espn for espn to be able to renew say their nfl contract like what like what happens then like it seems like well, it it will you know dramatically impact the you know the leagues themselves well I mean, well i mean what happens is is markets work which is that then the cost of espn goes up like people have to realize it i i think that's one of the tricky things is that people I like I'm I'm not one of those nerds that goes like oh uh, lol sports ball like and and then like has this disdain for sports like i don't I don't like football but i but i I do like sports in general but i I think sports fans don't understand that society and media companies subsidize their interests a lot where as prices rise to match the because there's gonna be a period of economic imbalance where the rights holders and the sports teams want too much money for their content because they're used to the cushy days of there were in the u.s uh, 150 million people that were subscribing to pay video services and then as more people cut the cord and more stuff becomes a la carte and over the top as the true costs of that content become clear because fewer companies are willing to take a loss at the start of their service like because we all understand that disney plus is being priced artificially low and probably below cost for its current because it already took one price jump i think i think it debuted at seven dollars a month and now isn't it probably up to nine right maybe yeah something like that but like if espn were to go actual like over the top or they they see that cord cutting accelerates to the point where maybe espn just doesn't necessarily have that ability to command such a high price anymore like there's gonna be a point where people realize that either they're being overcharged for that content or the cost to the consumer because it's no longer being spread across such a large number of people has to become what it truly is and i feel like casual like casual sports fans aren't going to want to pay 15 to 20 dollars a month just to see certain games because that's that's the thing where if you're a big nba fan like what what are you going to do like you have what's what's the name of the 
uh, ESPN NBA games? Like, do they have a, do they own a certain night of the week or like a certain class of game? Uh, yeah, ESPN does. Um, I think they do Wednesdays and Friday nights. And then doesn't and TNT then, have a big contract with them? Yeah, then TNT, their big night is Thursday night. And then ABC gets the Christmas games and the finals, right? And then they also, in the second half of the season, start doing Saturday night games on ESPN, which so, they started doing a few seasons ago. So you, so now you take your, your Joe Average Milwaukee Bucks fan, and he now has to pay $45 a month to be able to watch the entirety of basketball because you now have to pay for whatever Turner wants to call their sports package and you have to pay for ESPN and you have to pay for whatever Comcast Sportsnet to whatever see like that's the part where this is going to end up breaking down pretty quickly when people start unbundling the stuff either there's going to be a single network that carries all of it or I don't think we ever get to a point where we just disambiguate and and decouple rebroadcast where somehow the nba is like the owner operator and broadcaster of everything but i don't think like having to have that many services just to see a sport like ends up not being sustainable fairly quickly so i I, i'm very very interested in seeing how that actually plays out because the either like you have to get to a point where people where either the cost of the content goes down which is like kind of much like the cost of college has just spiraled so much because of the availability of cheap money and you can also think of that as the availability of just tons of people that were willing to pay for a traditional cable subscription but as that winds down a little bit do they take a, a do they try to like right size that cost or does the bill like does the cost of just actually acquiring that media become just absurdly expensive, which then shrinks the pool of people who are willing to pay for it, which then increases its cost, which then it's just a, it's it's a, whatever the opposite of a virtuous cycle is. Yeah, Not to get all Ben Thompson on you, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's super interesting, and and probably all speaks to why you know ESPN is reluctant to to just jump into streaming because you know presumably they think about this stuff too and realize like wait the numbers don't add up in the way that they have for us with you know these you know traditional TV um agreements and so they're kind of putting it off as long as as they can yeah cuz i mean cuz Disney Plus is thinking about the totality of media where Disney Plus is not spe- specifically a strategic play on how do we evolve past broadcasting cable. It's thinking of the entire output of the Disney entertainment franchise where that could be movie theaters, TV, direct to home video across multiple different platforms where they're thinking long term of what's our 10 or 20 year plan where ESPN and televised sports is specifically like it it it, it fits inside existing business models that are Maybe more straightforward, but also much more precarious to try to evolve beyond quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I've got two quickies. Do you have anything else that's important this week or that, that you feel strongly about? Um, no, not that's not that's particularly timely. Um, so you, you, you talked about how you are running your AirPods into the ground, which means you use them a lot. Mm-hmm. Are you... F- this came, I, I actually experienced this for the first time ever this weekend, and I did not ever intentionally turn on this feature or know that it existed. And this was with my uh, my Power Beats, my LeBron pods. They started announcing text messages to me without me ever asking it to. Have you ever used or tried this feature? Yeah, this got added at some point. I guess it was one I'm of the not- iOS 14 you know point releases because I'm, I'm not on ios 15 but it's very no it was it's not an ios 15 thing it's very interesting one it has the it, most it, pleasing sound when it's you mean interesting as in bad no good Ugh. 
I so it had one when it when it so I was just listening to a podcast walking around Santa Cruz and I got that like there's this like weird sound I'd never heard before and it started just announcing a text message to me and it was in a very unobtrusive way and I was like that's kind of cool like if if I had ever actually been prompted like hey do you want like just like if, if CarPlay ever asked me like do you want me to read your text message automatically I, my answer would be fuck no not to channel Roy Kent but like I mean no I, I don't want that but I didn't opt into this but it just calmly just been like it just read it in, and it seemed like actually like better than a normal Siri voice and just like read the text message and, and then it didn't like try to stop what I was doing it just like quickly read the text message and I was back listening to my podcast and it was very nice. I don't know. I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by this feature. I don't know. I, I, yeah. The, apparently it sounds like you have uh, differing thoughts. Oh, I very, very much dislike it and <laughs> instantly looked up how to turn it off when, when it came out. Maybe like, I like, cause I'm just not on, I, 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 I opt myself out of ever, if I ever get added to like a big group iMessage, I opt myself out of those real fast. So maybe I just don't get uh like avalanche of iMessages where it was actually very nice. Oh, was was it the frequency for you or you just really just don't ever want to have a text message volunteered to you? I mean, for me the the way that I get notified of notifications, whether it's iMessages or whatever else, is is my Apple Watch. And that's that's how I prefer to get notified. I don't need sort of an accompanying audio alert as well. Hmm. And the thing with that, the audio thing is, you know, you don't, there's no choice. Like it just sort of, it's just presented to you. Whereas when notifications come through on the watch or even just directly on the phone, you know, you can choose whether or not to look at that in in the moment. So, I, and but, you know, I, I I don't I don't want my podcast or whatever being interrupted by these these audio alerts. When you when you're doing a quality check of the show, you don't want to get interrupted. I got you. Correct. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting perspective. I mean, because because I like. Yeah. I don't know. I I was normally I hate new features, but this this was pleas- a pleasant surprise. But okay, I can kind of understand that. Hmm. But like, it's not like you'd have to rewind the podcast. Like it would resume you right where you are. And it, at most, like, unless you have very, very verbose friends, I couldn't take more than 10 seconds. Hmm. Yeah. Don't like it. Okay. Um, and then lastly, maybe, um, uh, we're all, we're always on the potato chip and French fry beat. Um, mm. what, what flavor was this? Was that, was that the whole foods and, Please, please tell me these are good. They're this fucking very terrible. Promising. Oh man! Spo- a spoiler alert. Okay, so we're we're, we're both of us we're big fans of kettle chips on this show. I am yes. more of a fan of the crinkle cut kettle chips than the standard kettle chips, but they're both they're both if you get the right flavor, they're both good. So, I was at the Whole Foods and I saw that at the at, at an end cap, uh, there was um, a big pile of uh, limited batch apple cider vinegar uh kettle chips and yes i ate the whole bag but they're no good just like with all potato chips they have to be really like i think the only potato chips i've thrown away in the past year were i think kettle had a flavor of wasabi ranch ones and i think um one i hate ranch and (laughs) but those went in the trash but these these are not very good they still got eaten but they they it was it was a resentful shameful rueful um eating but yeah these are not very good that's that's too bad yeah yeah one and a half thumbs down that it was it was it was worth the novelty of the three the 350 but um yeah just get yourself some standard um salt and pepper crinkle cut kettle chips Mm -hmm. or um are are you well and this is the part that bugged me about them is i'm very happy with a with a nice um sea salt and vinegar i know some people oh, don't I, like those oh we you know they love those yeah but um yeah like salt and pepper are very good or also the i i find the the, the dill pickle kettle chips are very good too mm, and i, I, I haven't those. actually seen their um they had one which i always thought was gonna be super gross they had this a spicy queso one 
Um, oddly good. Doesn't taste like what you'd expect it to. Um, and also queso is actually not really a thing. Like that, that's also made up. So as long as you embrace that, it's, um, yeah, those, those are pretty good. Evidently, the salt and pepper crinkle cut chips did, just got revamped. What do you mean? I don't know if I don't know if you're aware of this, but on their website, it's it's a featured product here where the salt and pepper crinkle cut chips have a new look. Oh, they're with the well, same great taste. Well, they're bolder and crunchier now. Yeah, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think they're redesigning all their packaging so that they they more prominently feature the tater tracker. But um, yeah, well, bolder and crunchier. Like, what is salt? Is fresh ground pepper like the new M one X? Like, I don't know who even knows. <laughs> well, what's what's I, um... pairings? Oh, it's it's a boozy thing. Mm. Wait, why is there a potato bouncer? Wait, <laughs> click on click on pairings. Oh, that's um... that's very unsettling. Okay. Oh, I, I, I think I think we've done this bit before. I don't think we have. I think I, I we did the tater tracker, but I, I don't. I would remember a potato with an earpiece and sunglasses. I, th- I thought we talked about that before, but um, All right. anyway, yeah. um, I, I recently tried the um, the farm stand ranch ones because yeah. similarly, I was like in a grocery store. I think you know, picking up lunch or something well, one and, day, and, you, and you, I you saw these on a cap and was like, "Huh?" And you fucking love ranch. <laughs> um they and they were they were fine like not not something i would go out of my way to get again but not like terrible either they were fine well they were no uh honey dijon Uh, hmm. Hmm, interesting Uh, different strokes Mm -hmm. um okay i think that's basically it the one password thing would do is, is this a feature you trust or no yeah I, I think to share passwords with the the lady friend i would i would do this well but don't you actually because this is something that um caseless casey list uh, talks about on the show sometimes isn't there a one password for families there is and that's doesn't that seems that's like that's actually more, a much more sustainable situation for you but yeah that's that's probably the right answer this this password sharing feature is the is the much easier answer um but yeah the family sharing thing actually is something i've thought about before and is is probably the the right way to do it well because the way i i assumed this one password feature and that's literally what it's called um is that like this is this is a way to uh perpetuate hipster cable where like it's an easier way to share um illicit logins to like hbo max where this doesn't seem like a long-term solution like hey i need you to log into our blue cross blue cross blue shield anthem account or something i don't know hmm. yeah seems seems neat seems like it it's well implemented all right you got anything else or just chef specials it uh no that that's it for me all right what you got I gotta admit, I don't really don't really have anything this week. Kind of pulling a pulling a Carlos here. Harsh. That is okay because I don't have one either. Um. Yeah, this is actually we're we're doing you all you a favor. You should all think about your estimated tax payments or your um your overall expenditures for the year, and you should be happy that you don't have to spend any money. Because because the the gift you don't buy is the gift you give yourself. <laughs> 